the slightest accident in this stage of the proceedings, and we'd all reverse instantly into antimatter. Blasted out to the other side of the universe, a flash of electromagnetic radiation. We'd all become unpeople, undoing unthings untogether. Fascinating. Thank you for joining us on a quick trip through space and time. My name is Mac. And I'm Caleb. And this is a podcast where a Doctor Who veteran and a Doctor Who beginner go through each episode of Doctor Who and give their thoughts on it. And today, we will be watching The Mutants. The Mutants was written by Bob Baker and Dave Martin, was directed by Christopher Barry, and was produced by Barry Letts. It aired April 8th, 1972 to May 13th, 1972. (sighs) So, Caleb, you know how it's kind of become a running joke in which I'm like, I'm really excited for this episode, like, regardless. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm not excited for this one. Uh Uh-oh. Because on top of the episode just having just the most fucking forgettable episode title... It was also written by Bob Baker and Dave Martin, a writing pair who has had one episode under their belt. The Claws of Axos. Mm, not a good start. Not a good start. Granted, one of my biggest issues with Claws of Axos was more on the side of the editing more than anything else, but it was still written very badly and all the characters were out of character, so... Not a lot of confidence moving forward, if I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I've just given up. I don't know what to think anymore. (laughs) Honestly, that is the best method. To go in having absolutely zero expectations, being like, it is what it is. (laughs) The the, the point is to go in with no hope. Kind of. (laughs) Because, again, I've said it before. Doubtless we'll say it again, it's the double-edged sword of Doctor Who. They're all so episodic that the next episode could easily be the best episode you've ever seen, or the Romans. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I'm so angry about the Romans. I know, and I love that about you. You know, I had an idea, Caleb, When when we're done with Classic... We'll have another bonus episode where it's kind of like the Doctor is out, but more just like a look back on classic as a whole. And we'll talk about our favorite and least favorite episodes. I am genuinely curious to see if the Romans will still remain in your all time bottom five. (laughs) Oh, it for sure is there now. I can still confidently say, despite all the very bad episodes we've watched, The Romans is still the worst one. You know, it's up in the air for me. It's neck and neck between uh, the web planet and space pirates. Mac, there is no fucking way that you think the space pirates is a better or a worse episode than The Romans. There is literally no way that you think that. Caleb, we had an entire... We had two and a half episodes discussing this that... The Romans, I liked half of it. There's no fucking way, Meg. 
Uh, I can't. I can't. I maybe I just keep. Maybe you keep telling me you're like, hey, I kind of liked part of the romance. I just keep repressing that because <laughs> I can't comprehend it. That is a distinct possibility. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just refuse to acknowledge that you think that way. Let's not uh, dive too deep into this uh, sand pit. Let's let's try and uplift ourselves a little bit. Uh, Caleb, given everything you know about Doctor Who and given the title of this episode, The Mutants, what do you think this episode's going to be about? You can see X-Men. I don't know why I did a smoker voice there. I don't know why you did a smoker voice either. <laughs> I don't know. It's 10 o'clock, that's why I did it. This episode is going to be about... Oh, you said it has something to do with British politics. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking know anything about British politics in the 70s. I barely know anything about British politics now. There is... <sighs> a house in New Orleans. A house in New Orleans. The unit discovers uh, a new island, and it might be very mineral-rich or have lots of good resources, but there are these kind of freaky, like, not-quite-human humans there, and they just want to genocide them. And I don't know how this is going to happen, but they're somehow going to pretend that the British or the unit are justified in doing this, and really, they're just going to prove Magneto right the whole time. And the audience is going to wonder, why are we on the side of unit and not the mutants slash Magneto? I mean, Magneto was right. We can all agree on that. And he gets more right every day. (laughs) Every day. I literally watched X-Men last year. I was like, Magneto's not wrong. He's 100% correct. Uh, You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this earlier today. I was like, I was thinking about the next episode, The Mutants. And I was like, hmm, I wonder how Caleb's prediction is going to tie into the (laughs) X-Men. It's the most lazy way. I'm literally just going to say it's the X-Men. If you don't give us human rights, we'll literally melt you to death. And that is 100% the correct position. Yes, absolutely. Total side note. Has absolutely nothing to do with anything our podcast is about. What's your favorite X-Men? X-Men? Like character or movie? Uh, character. Because um... mine's Nightcrawler, but I couldn't tell you why. I just think he's neat. <laughs> I mean, listen, he disappears and he comes back. That's pretty cool. I like Beast. Fuck, this is hard. I like lots of characters for lots of reasons. None of them sexual. None. Not so what, whatsoever. I really like Rogue. A lot. I mean, Rogue's cool. It's not even the cool thing. Like, in the first movie. I'm a fan of the movies. I haven't really read a whole lot of the comics. Uh, but when she kisses that guy and his veins turn black and his skin starts to turn papery, I don't know why. I just really like that scene. It's it's neat. <laughs> Very cool. I refuse to explore it further. It's just neat. <laughs> She's definitely one of the most tragic X-Men. Does give her some interesting pathos. Those are good reasons. Again, could not tell you why I like Nightcrawler so much. Well, he's blue and he moves around real fast. That's true. He's just like Sonic. He's just like Sonic. What's not to love? See, I, also re- I also really like Mystique. Yeah. But, like, they're related, so that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. He's obviously not one of the X-Men, but I I really like Magneto. <laughs> Is that shocking? <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> anyway, back to our Doctor Who podcast. I guess on that note, we'll see you all in the future. Let's get going.
we're back. May have just been a couple seconds for you, but it was 15 days for us. Boy, howdy. Here, buddy. In my defense, this past week I started a new job, and the commute to that job is actual hell on my body and made me exhausted. And in my excuse, I'm lazy. I mean, you also had a rough week last week, so... Yeah, my wife and I are just into new work schedules, so... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm doing the same job, just different times. Yeah. And it's been something, so... Yeah. I feel like we had good excuses. Luckily, the delays of that never affect our actual audience, (laughs) so... (laughs) So, to you guys, it was a couple seconds. Yeah. Hey, that's good, Caleb. We should we should incorporate yeah. that in every single episode. <laughs> yeah, mm, that was my idea. Patent pending. Yeah, and also within the past say hour or so, I had a schnitzel and beer and ice cream, and I hate myself right now. Yeah, I ate five coney dogs for lunch. I have had nothing else the rest of the day. <laughs> Why? But okay, so today is my daughter's birthday party, and R- we made. Yeah. We made a lot of coney dogs, and then I ate a lot of coney dogs. I guess that's fair. <laughs> anyway, oh man, I started editing Day of the Daleks today, and like in that one, I was like, I just had B dubs, and I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, Doctor Who, the mutants. It was an episode. It was an episode. It had some good qualities. Not enough of them. Not enough of them. One of its bad qualities is it's six episodes long. Yeah, I mean, that's that's every episode. I feel like we really just genuinely need to stop saying it. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> just, just assume. <laughs> just assume if it's a six-parter. It shouldn't have been a six-parter. It's kind of like fight scenes happen. When we say a fight scene happens, just assume. Just assume it was bad. <laughs> until told otherwise. Because I had watched it last week. Yes, I finished watching it last week. And then an entire week went by. So I pulled a page from your book and I took a bath and just watched it while the computer was sitting on the toilet. And I just watched it while taking a bath. (laughs) Uh, All those steamy suds. It really helps you concentrate. Because I just wanted a recap because I needed a recap because this episode was such a bleh. And I said, yeah, I'm, I was like, yeah, I'm thinking about uh, watching the episodes again just for a refresher, at least the last episode. And then I played XCOM. That's fair. <laughs> if I had to choose between watching this again and playing XCOM, I'd choose XCOM. <laughs> Max like, yeah, I watched it last night in the bath. Kind of regret it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's in the middle. It's somewhere in the middle. I Just like the Damons, I feel like this is going to be an episode where... It's just kind of moving around. <laughs> yeah. And then it'll eventually be irrelevant because we'll never talk about it during the Doctor's Out. Correct. But, uh, yes, I said last time that this episode was vaguely based on British politics of the time. Apartheid. It's based on apartheid. Yeah. But the original script was much more a blatant criticism of apartheid. And then the director was like, Let's lean more into the sci-fi. And I feel like it was lesser for it. Yeah, I definitely want a more apartheid. Yeah. But uh, anyway, let's get into it. All right. I'm so thrilled to tell you guys about episode one. (laughs) 
We see some dudes chasing someone down and killing him for seemingly no reason. Hard cut to the doctor and he has some sort of weird box. He thinks the Time Lords want him to, to deliver it to someone. He and Joe take the TARDIS and land on Sky Base 1, a space station orbiting the polluted world of Solace. The Marshal hunts down mutated Solonians known as Mutts and mistakes the Doctor and Joe for spies. They've entered up to some sort of peace talk between Varen, the leader of the Solanians, the Skybase Command, called Overlords, and a terrorist named Kai. Kai is mad because the Overlords' experiments polluted the planet and caused his people to mutate into the Mutts. An ambassador arrives from Earth and plans to announce the Earthlings are abandoning the project. However, the Marshal doesn't like the potential loss of status, so he assassinates the ambassador and makes Kai take the fall. As all hell breaks loose, Kai mistakes Joe for an overlord and takes her hostage. I don't think he made Kai take the fall. He did, didn't he? Because that, that wasn't he like, that's the one who did it. Mm, I could have sworn maybe, he tried to point out. Maybe, because I know he, he like actually blames it on Varen's son. He kills Varen's son in the next episode, but I thought that was just him taking out traitors. I could have sworn he but For once, uh, at least on this episode, I didn't look at Taurus Wiki. I just kind of shot from the hip on it. He gave Varen's son the weapon that was used to kill the supervisor or coordinator, whatever the fuck his name was. Yeah, but I thought but I thought the whole reason Kai like bolts out of the room at the end was because the marshal was like, he's the one who planned it. I might be remembering it wrong. You, you, you've seen the episode more recently than I have. I don't... It, he probably did. That does sound like a Marshall move. The Marshall's a dick. He's just like... <laughs> imagine a Doctor Who dick villain. That's the Marshall. Yep. But the ambassador does get assassinated. Kai does try to leave. Yeah, Kai, Kai does try to leave. The Marshall's trying to commit mass genocide anyway, so I guess it doesn't matter who takes the fall for it. True, yeah. Anyway, at the very beginning, the Marshall and two guards are hunting down a mutt. And um, and the the air is poisonous to humans. And the marshal refuses to wear his mask. And I'm like, I wonder if this will be indicative of his character at all. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I saw that, like, he pulls the mask down. I was like, that's not how masks work. But that seems really timely. <laughs> I was going to complain about it until a little thing called COVID-19 happened. <laughs> then we cut over to Dr. and Joe and this weird egg package thing just appears in front of them uh, from the Time Lords. And... This is just something that really bugged me. I'm not sure if you noticed it. When the doctor is explaining what this is, I don't know if this was a script problem or John Pertwee not remembering his line, but he says, I couldn't open it even if I wanted to twice in one line. He says, I couldn't <laughs> open it even if I wanted to. This is uh, designed for a very specific person or for someone or something to open. I couldn't open it even if I wanted to. I do, I do vaguely remember him doing that. <laughs> it, it bugged me. It was like, ah, brain skip. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like there was something else about that scene, but it, it's lost from my mind. It was two weeks ago when I watched it. The interactions between the Doctor and Joe in this episode were a little weird. It felt like they were trying to have a bantery type relationship that they've never really had before. Mm -hmm. And so they just kind of like threw in some bad jokes in the script yeah that never landed luckily joe and the doctor's relationship doesn't actually matter that much in this episode they spend the vast majority of this arc away from each other yeah very true i will remind you that this episode is written by the same guys who wrote claws of axos so it's clear they don't really know what to do with joe like in general <laughs> so this isn't the guy who wrote the, uh, colony in space was it no no these guys just wrote 
uh, Clause of Exos. I was going to say, because this, this episode has a lot of parallels to Colony of Space, so... Yeah, it does. It's it's not the same people, but I yeah, there's definitely a lot of parallels. And then we come back to Skybase 1, and all the Salonians are coming up on board, and Kai just goes on his uh, Viva La Revolution rants. And I'm like, the preachy guy who looks like he hasn't hit puberty yet and is dressed like a weird Roman is correct. They should have freedom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when you first see the Salonians, so when you see Varen and Kai, the first thing I thought was, I'm so fucking confused. Uh, this is like two episodes in the same season where we're on a sci-fi planet and everyone's dressed like fantasy characters. Yeah, like they're all dressed, they're all basically just dressed in Roman attire. And they all kind of have the same haircut, which is like black bowl cut and some of them are longer than that. It's like a black... It's like a bowl cut mullet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's weird. Didn't like it. Man. Oh, uh, the most important thing to me in this entire story is, is Stubbs and Cotton. Okay, I'm so glad that you mentioned Stubbs and Cotton because we need to we need to address this real fucking fast. Yeah, the first thing. <laughs> like, they have one... Like, it took me until episode <laughs> two to realize that they did this. They have one black character in this entire story and his name is cotton i'm gonna give the writers the benefit of the doubt and maybe that uk writers did not necessarily correlate the racial connotations of cotton with slavery i'm no i have no doubt that it was unintentional but it's still there. <laughs> it is still very cringe. Like, the first time like you, they say Khan, like, you realize they're talking about the black character, you're like, Ugh, I don't like that. Yeah. It honestly took me an episode. I was like, because every time they're mentioned, it's like Stubbs and Cotton. Like, that's, that's the name of the two characters. Then by episode two, it, it uh, distinguishes between them better. And you're like, oh, no. The one who shouldn't be named Cotton is named <laughs> Cotton. <laughs> yeah oh boy but stubs and cotton are great they are great their chess set is dumb yes <laughs> the doctor and joe get on skybase one and they like break a door open in order to get out of the basically broom cupboard that they landed in and like an alert goes there's a malfunction in on door number five or whatever and it cuts to stubs and cotton just like playing chess and like hearing that and be like eh, we'll deal with that tomorrow but, like, their chess set looks like just, well, it looks like just a bunch of copper pipes with, like, different heads, I guess. Mm -hmm. it yeah. It dumb. And they're, they're oversized. Yeah. And you're really underplaying Cotton's incredible work ethic because they get the alert and they're like, uh, go check out this malfunction on door four. And Stubbs gets up to leave and Cotton's like, who fucking cares? Just leave it until the morning. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like Cotton gets it. Cotton understands. Yeah, Stubbs and Cotton really are the best characters in this story. Granted, that's not really a high bar, but they are the best characters in this story. They're also definitely gay. Oh, 100%. It's not said out loud, but the, that is a that is a gay couple right there. <laughs> I also love Stubbs because Stubbs seems like a himbo. Like he just seems really dumb. So when he goes on like these like. When it cuts to scenes and he goes on this, like, expository rant, it actually just seems like he genuinely doesn't understand anything. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, so you're telling me 300 years ago 
I'm like, oh, stop. You're so dumb. I love you. <laughs> what What is the name of the the leader of Skybase who has a timer above his head? What's his name? The ambassador? I don't think he's an ambassador. The administrator. The administrator. Administrator. Marshall's boss. That. Oh, yeah, yeah. When he right, gets assassinated right. in this episode. He, at first, he seems like an uptight bureaucrat uh, type guy, but then, like, he's talking about how, no, we're pulling out, we're giving them their independence, uh, we've been here for too long, we need to give them their freedom now. My note is, you know, the forehead seems like a nicer guy than I initially thought. I can't wait for him to get assassinated. <laughs> and boy, howdy, does he get got. He gets assassinated. Especially when, like, he tells the marshal that he's getting fired, and maybe not the most <laughs> pleasant way yeah he's like yeah marshall we're pulling out you're probably not gonna have a similar position maybe i'll give you something good like like a desk jockey job like, yeah maybe you can be my assistant and bring me coffee you little bitch something clerical yeah i'm sure the sadistic military man will definitely be fine pushing papers yeah <laughs> yeah, the guy that's, like, overseeing the poisoning of this planet definitely isn't gonna try and kill you, too. <laughs> definitely not. I would just like to go ahead and uh, talk about this real quick. I feel like it's gonna be brought up a couple more times, of course, of this. But why wouldn't the Time Lords just teleport the box to the person it needs to go to? Why did they have to give it to the Doctor? Why couldn't they just, like, put it in front of Kai? Or at least, like, attach a note something says for kai why does it have to be a fucking mystery i don't know why the doctor is here <laughs> it's my <laughs> point to further that i don't know why i'm here i don't know why the doctor is here and then eventually and like sooner than you would think he actually does deliver the package to kai and then i'm like i don't know why the doctor is still here <laughs> <laughs> well bye hope you figure that out <laughs> Uh, I love it when my notes can make me laugh. Um, So the Doctor and Joe are uh, being held prisoner because why wouldn't they be? They're two strangers who just appeared on Skybase. And Stubbs is uh, watching them, is like keeping an eye on them. He's their guard. And Joe's like asking him about, hey, Stubbs, what's what's your whole deal? And uh, Stubbs talks about how he has a family back home and his wife gave birth right before he shipped out. And he can't wait to see his child he hasn't got a chance to see yet. And my, what a lovely countdown timer you have there, Stubbs. Is it new? <laughs> <laughs> Is it new? And then the doctor just kind of like slinks behind him and karate chops him. Yeah, knocks him out. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, really? You, you got a girl back home and you, you can't wait for retirement, huh? Hmm. Oh, man, you've never met your kid. Hmm. Hmm. That's a shame. Stubbs, I love you. Shame there, Stubbs. <laughs> <laughs> he does last longer than I anticipated. He definitely so. does. And it would have been really awkward of him having to go back home to his wife and kid and be like, hey, sorry, I have a husband now. But uh, what can you do? <laughs> so the doctor, Dr. Karate Chops, and he's like, oh, thanks for the distraction, Joe. In my head canon, Joe's just bored and genuinely asking questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my, um, my notes are making me laugh. So, the Doctor and Joe break out of the cell, and I'm kind of wondering 
why. I was like, it's not like you can just interrupt the conference and go, hey, can everyone in this room touch this weird-ass egg thing for me real quick? Uh, and then he tries to do exactly that, so fuck me, I guess. Yeah. But then they're wandering around Skybase. They come to the teleporter, and there's a sign that says humans, humans pointing to one teleporter and Salonians pointing to another teleporter. And the doctor and Joe come in, look at it. The doctor says just segregation, and then they leave, and it cuts to a different scene. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, thank you, doctor. I too noticed the subtlety of this script. <laughs> <laughs> But just in case you didn't, then Kai, again, this this whole shuffle kind of, because the administrator gets assassinated, Marshall blames Kai, Kai runs, he accidentally, like, touches the, touches the egg, and it starts to open, and uh, the doctor's like, wait, wait, I have a package for you, and Joe chases after him to try and get his attention, <laughs> I guess be like, hey, can you sign for this, even though he's being chased by armed guards, and then Kai, like, kidnaps her and it's like hold on miss i need to kidnap someone real quick and you're the only woman here so naturally it falls to you <laughs> i have a few notes on the meeting not really notes mental notes the first thing i thought was all right the administrator needs to fucking get to the point god damn it but also kai shut the fuck up the whole plot of this episode could have been resolved in two minutes if someone had talked faster and the other person had shut the fuck up yeah because he's, like, sitting there, like, slamming his fist on the on the table, demanding freedom, demanding that the humans go away. And, like, the administrator's like, I'm fucking getting to that. I'm giving you your freedom, and we're going the fuck away. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and then just at that time when he's like, just please shut up and let me finish. One of the other Salonians, contracted by the marshal, sits up and just fucking does a blow dart into the ambassador, or the administrator's neck and the only thing i thought was no one checked for weapons like yeah i know the marshal gave him the weapon but no one else checked for weapons no one thinks that this is going to be a huge fucking bureaucratic nightmare for everyone on board that an administrator of the fucking sky base got assassinated yeah well if there's if there's one thing that uh the marshal's really good at it's not thinking two steps ahead yeah but we'll also learn that the answer to that question is, uh, no. <laughs> it is not a bureaucratic nightmare at all. It's actually barely an inconvenience. Kind of. Like, administrator gets killed, and then Marshall's just like, alright, I'm in charge now. That's it. We're done now. You could almost say it's sunglasses. Marshall Law. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, episode two. Yep, episode two. Kai and Joe are pursued to Solos. Solos, however you fucking say it. While the Marshal betrays Varen, who helped him in the assassination and tries to have him killed. The Doctor meets Jaeger, a scientist, and they build a particle reversal device to see the contents of the box. Even though it fails, Jaeger realizes it could be used to alter Solos' atmosphere. The Marshal subtly threatens to hold Joe hostage to keep the Doctor in line, but he and Cotton devise a plan to escape the sky base. After creating a diversion, he goes to escape, but is captured by Varen. So always those episodes where it feels like the recap should be longer, but no, no, but no, that's, that's what happens. Um, Joe's entire arc, this story is she's okay. I gotta talk about Joe for a second. Go for it. Uh, so in the beginning of this, 
Kaijo, like, land on the ground, and he's like, all right, I'm gonna leave you here, and I'm actually gonna leave. And she's like, well, no, I'm coming with you. To which I think, Joe, why? You don't fucking know who this guy is. Yeah. Two, he explains, no, you don't understand. The atmosphere is poisonous. You will die in a matter of hours if you come to the planet with me. And she's like, I don't care. I'm coming with you. I'm like, Joe, what is, how is that going to benefit you at all? Their whole goal of being here is to deliver this package to Kai. It would be one thing if, like, Joe had a means of communicating with the doctor and being like, yeah, we're at this location. Bring the package here. Or... Like, she wants to try and convince Kai to come back up to Sky Base. But no. But no, she's just like, no, I'm not. I'm coming with you. I'm like, why, though? You could not have contracted Stockholm Syndrome this this quickly. <laughs> it was a long elevator ride. <laughs> so that, because, like, at first, uh, this is the point where I overestimated the writers. Because I was like, okay, Joe's really insistent for some stupid fucking reason. But maybe she'll discover that the atmosphere isn't poisonous. And that's just propaganda by the overlords because something else caused the mutations that they're trying to keep under wraps that could be interesting uh no the atmosphere is actually just poisonous and joe almost fucking dies at the end of the episode yeah she almost dies a couple times she's not the only one who almost dies a couple times but that character hasn't been introduced yet yeah i was just like she collapses because she can't fucking breathe and i'm like oh well joe's dead she had a good run <laughs> she almost made it through this whole season. So yeah, so Joe frustrated me a lot. <laughs> I found that very annoying. And then yeah, then the doctor's plot happens, and then it's just him doing sciencey stuff. Yeah, you know what this this story reminded me of? The story reminded me a lot of the first Doctor episode, The Savages. I could see that. The, the biggest difference is you know how the Doctor is treated upon arrival. I'd say, but uh, turns out. I'm not too far off because the savages was also based on apartheid. So, <laughs> so, so man, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and then I paused the video to research a little bit about apartheid, so I didn't end up talking completely out of my ass and at least knew the basics. <laughs> <laughs> so the marshal just fucking murders Varen's son, <laughs> and then Varen walks in the room. And he's like, "Hey, my son is dead. What the fuck?" And he's like, "Sorry, Varen. I don't know what to tell you. I had to do something about it." And is somehow indignant and surprised when Varen tries to escape. Yeah, and then Varen escapes by going to the, um, uh, what's the place where they grow the plants called? The botany room? Uh, yeah, the Ar... I don't know, that's Brittany, she'll know. She she would know, she's, she's listening to this episode and shouting at me right now. Uh, I'm gonna say the Arboretum. Anyway, he goes to the Arboretum and, like, the door is locked, obviously, so he takes his sword and just kind of, like, bangs on the handle like bangs on the hand reader a couple times with the hilt and then the door opens it's like is it really that easy to unlock one of these doors <laughs> what's the point of locking them at all no kidding like the doctor used a sonic screwdriver to get out of his locked door well did he fucking know he just had to bang on it a couple times naturally stubs and cotton are called to solve it they don't really care that much yeah and then I think it's Stubbs and the Doctor find Baron, and, like, they try to convince him that, that we're not actually going to capture you. We're trying to help you out, man. Yeah. And then, meanwhile, down on the planet of Solus, Kai has ambushed some guards and stolen one of their masks and given it to Joe. Uh, and then they go into the caves where no one has to worry about masks anymore. And uh, Joe's kind of concerned about these, these caves. 
And Kai is just like, oh, don't worry. These caverns run for miles. They'll never find us. We're perfectly safe. Incidentally, did you know that the dangerous, monstrous mutants live in these caves? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I can't remember uh, if it's in this episode or the next episode. One of the mutants appears. And uh, uh, Kai's like, no, 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 it's okay. They seem scary, but they're actually quite friendly. And then he gets fucking mobbed by a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't Oh my god. This episode goes so off the fucking rails. We're still a little on the rails. It's just gonna gonna get off the rails. Yeah. (laughs) Very radically. It it gets really off the rails just like... Like the last second. (laughs) The last episode. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um... So, the Doctor is helping out... Helping Professor Jaeger so they can open up the box. Because for some reason, the Marshal's really interested in what's in the box. I don't know why. I don't know why he cares, but he apparently does. And so they're working on that, and the doctor agrees to do that uh, in exchange for the marshal using the guards to help rescue Joe. And then the marshal pulls Cotton in and says, hey, tell the doctor that we've got Joe. And she's like in a hospital, and she's safe. We don't need to tell him that we lost her. And Cotton like backs up his story but then the doctor goes back to the lab and Cotton comes in. And I, I appreciate that Cotton is willing to stick to his beliefs and defy orders because then he's just like, hey, doctor, I fucking lied to you earlier. We have absolutely no idea where your friend is. We need to get you out of here. She's probably dead, but we need to get going. <laughs> so I just appreciated that. Yeah, Cotton, Cotton's great. He is. I just... Wish he had literally any other name. I just wish I could call you something else. And then uh, the doctor, like, jerry-rigs the uh, machine that they're using to look into the egg to basically blow up in Professor Jaeger's face. And I actually thought that he had killed Professor Jaeger. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I was like, God, Doctor, Jesus Christ. (laughs) You could have done literally anything else. Basically, everything that revolves around this package kind of annoys me about this story i don't understand why the time lords gave it to the doctor to have it delivered i don't know why the doctor continues to stay on solace even after it's delivered i don't know why the marshal wants to know what's in it so badly it feels like a very poorly handled plot point and then spoiler they when they finally open the box it's cryptic yeah it's not even obvious what it needs to be so what's the fucking point it's cryptic and kai doesn't yeah kai doesn't know what it is he's not the one who has a use for it somebody else has a use for it but kai doesn't so why was it addressed to kai and all of this every single point of this every problem we have with this could be fixed by the doctor and joe were messing around on the tardis yeah easy that's it <laughs> bada bing bada boom boom just get rid of the package altogether that's it i'm i'm i think of this episode more highly now <laughs> <laughs> because even even when it does get to who really needs it and they take a look at it it's still really not that fucking important not really because there's another plot device that's introduced that's the actual important thing and even that is poorly explained yeah yeah anyway let's let's get into more detail later on shall we yeah but also i have no more notes on this episode yeah other me than, neither like, I'm, I'm ready to go the doctor's running and varen comes in and fucking uh goes to choke him and says die overlord which i think 
Varen, you can't be that fucking dumb. You know that the doctor was helping you escape. Whatever. Well, fine. Episode three. The doctor knocks some sense into Varen, and they escape the solos. They find Kai and Joe hiding in some caves and save them from being killed by mutants. The marshal orders the scientists to proceed with the atmosphere modification plan and sends Stubbs and Cotton to pursue Doctor and Varen. The doctor gives Kai the box and it contains some ancient Solonian writing that none of them understand. Varen returns to his village and finds it deserted save for an utterly Solonian transforming into a mutt. And uh, meanwhile, Joe finds a mysterious chamber deep in the cave, deeper in the cave with an even more mysterious figure. So they get down to like the surface, the doctor and Varen do. And um they're about to head out, but Varen says, no Earthman can breathe the air. And the doctor says, did I say I was an Earthman? And I'm like, yeah, you, you you, did actually. You actually did say out loud that you were from Earth. <laughs> I mean, I, I know Varen wasn't in the room when you said that, but I just I just want to point out that, yes, you did technically say you were an Earthman. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I said I was from Earth. Not an Earth man. Okay. <laughs> That's just semantics, Doctor. What the fuck are you talking about? But it's also important to note that the Doctor, like, breaks the chokehold. Varen's gotten him, and he's, literally, and he's literally like, what the fuck? I'm trying to help you. And Varen's just like, oh, okay. Anyway, we should get out of here. <laughs> God fucking damn it, this episode makes me irate. <laughs> yeah, while you were talking, I lowered the mutants in my ranking. <laughs> It's like, wow, I'm giving this episode a lot more thought than I did the first couple times I watched it. This episode sucks. <laughs> anyway, uh, one thing I will say in this story's defense, I like the fully mutated monster designs. I like the costumes. They mm-hmm. feel like what the Zarbi should have been. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Because they, they, they kind of look like ant monsters. Yeah. So they've got pincers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like the mutant costume a lot. I even like the kind of, like, almost mutated ones, because, like, you've seen a couple people changing into mutts, and, like, they've got these, like, rippled back chitin, and, like, it was pretty cool looking. Yeah, and, like, their hands are, like, turning into, like, these, like, crustacean claws kind of thing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I like I like that. I will say that in its favor. But the web, just like I said in the web planet, good costumes does not a good episode make. <laughs> yeah. It's also... Important to note that this is the moment where, like, this thing is, like, in the at the head of the cave, like, roaring at them, clacking its little claws. And Kai's like, it's fine. It's harmless. You could go pet it. And then he just straight up gets mauled by, like, eight of them. Yeah. <laughs> and then as more mutants are swarming Joe and Kai, Kai, like, puts Joe over in this corner and says, wait here. I'll take care of them. And, like, takes a torch and is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then one of them actually does get through and, like, is coming close to Joe. And her solution to this is to scream and then run further into the caves that she has no idea how to navigate and has been told that this is where the mutants live. And I'm like, you can tell that this is the writers of Claws of Axos because Joe is being very Susanified in this mm-hmm. story. And it's not mm-hmm. not a good look on her. It's very annoying. And then the doctor arrives and saves Kai. Is that, does that happen in this episode? Yeah, yeah, it happens yeah this episode, he does. Right? And then when he, when he does save Kai, the doctor takes off his glove and then shakes Kai's hand and then puts his glove back on. I'm like, what's the significance of that? Was there a reason you did that? Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> I'm fucking, I, I don't care anymore. 
And then they open the box, and then it's these, like, ancient Salonian writings. Yeah. And the doctor's like, what does it mean? And the guy's just like, I don't fucking know. I can't read this. No one knows what this says. I don't read ancient Salonian. Why the fuck would I know what this means? Well, once I found that out, I got angry. I was like, what the fuck? What was the point in all this? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have even more thoughts about this package, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. All of which will... <laughs> probably come up in the next one next couple episodes but uh it was really not a whole lot else that happens varen goes and finds out that his warlords have either been turned into mutants or just went awol in general and then the marshal starts basically fumigating the caves because he throws gas grenades in there and the mutants like start falling over and like it actually does just look like they're fumigating it because they're insect monsters <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, nothing really happens this episode. Uh, I pretty much got it in the summary. Yeah. The Doctor and Varen go down to the surface. They meet up with Kai and Joe runs off. I I genuinely almost called her Susan there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Episode four, I guess. Episode four. The strange figure is Professor Sondergaard, and he explains how Jaeger and Skybase's experiments threw off the natural balance of the planet. The Marshal orders the bombardment of the planet to change its atmosphere, and Varen plans to attack Skybase. The Doctor discovers a glowing statue with a green crystal and tries to analyze it with Sondergaard's help. However, he needs the tools at Skybase to understand what it really is. Kai, Joe, Stubbs, and Cotton all make it back to Skybase, just as Varen and his men attack. A big fight happens, and the Marshal kills Varen and all his men. A hole is shot through Skybase's hole, and everyone holds on as the air is sucked out of the room. Okay, so... They go to Sondergaard's lab, and they have the little tablets that have ancient Salonian writing on it. And Doctor's just looking at it, and he's just like, but why was I sent here? And I'm like, to... To deliver the box, Doctor. Was... You knew that. Was that not clear? <laughs> <laughs> you, you did your job already. I mean... A better question is, why are you still here? <laughs> but, <laughs> and then the tablets get to the person who will actually be able to use it, i.e. Professor Sondergaard, i.e. the person that they should have sent it to in the first place. While the whole thing with the egg package thing doesn't make a whole lot of sense, one thing I do kind of like is how the Time Lord's have this non-interference policy with the universe but kind of send the doctor on suicide squad-esque missions of like we can deny that you were that we sent you on this mission because you're a renegade kind of thing mm -hmm. i kind of like that dynamic i do i do like that dynamic the framing of the package is weird and not done very well yes Here's my biggest complaint to the package. Why do the Time Lords care? Like, at all. Why do they give half of a shit what happens to Solas? Like, when they sent him to the colony in space to stop the Master from getting a doomsday weapon that could destroy galaxies, that I get. That I understand the Time Lords wanting to stop that happening. Why do they care what happens to Solas? Yeah, and it's not brought up at all. Because it could have been anything like, 
the doctor finds time war technology or there's another time lord involved or fuck maybe it's the master jesus christ or like Sondergaard was actually a time lord and he requested assistance from the time lords because he's been studying these people and he needs some help something i don't know Anything. why they care and if they do care that much why wouldn't they send better help than just hey did you know that these guys have weird evolution and that it revolves around their 500-year seasons? It's true! Wowee! Wowee! Tune in next time for more cool Salonian facts! <laughs> Did you know that? The person the package is for didn't, nor would he know by getting it. They could have made the package for the marshal, and then the marshal opens it, and it's just anthrax. <laughs> <laughs> That would have solved the issue. <laughs> yeah, that would have fixed everything. It could have been the green rock, which becomes very important later. Becomes very important <laughs> later in a very stupid way. <laughs> <laughs> but it still makes more sense for that to be the contents of the package than the actual contents. Yeah. The Doctor and Sondergaard are looking at the tablets, trying to figure out what it means. And then Stubbs, Cotton, Joe, and Kai go off to do something. I don't remember what their goal is. To go back to Skybase? Because uh, at this point, Stubbs and Cotton have kind of gone AWOL, Yeah, they, right? they've realized the Marshal isn't shit and they're Team Doctor all the way. But they've got to go back to Skybase for something. To stop the experiments, the maybe? Oh, because Jaeger's going to launch, like, missiles or something right. that are supposed yes. to fix the atmosphere but they're just nukes basically yeah and they keep like going back and forth between the two groups and gosh caleb i honestly couldn't tell you which one i like more i can't tell you whether i like the scenes where joe and the rest of the group are just walking aimlessly through the hallways or the scenes where the doctor isn't finding out what the symbols mean Mm-hmm. they're both just so compelling. I'm glad we're going back and forth between these two groups because I just want to learn more. <laughs> yeah, but this is what I was talking about where um, Stubbs, will, Stubbs will have scenes where he's like, you mean that Salonians evolve every 500 years because of the seasons of the planet? Yep. Yep, good job, Stubbs. Well done. You're a himbo and I love you, but I hate your scenes and I hate this episode. <laughs> They figure out that Solus has seasons that last for 500 years and that there's like a weird evolution cycle that revolves around it. And also it's connected to this one room that has intense radiation in it. So the doctor and Sondergaard, Sondergaard has like a, like a radiation suit to help protect him, but he only has the one and they're about to leave the bunker. And Sondergaard says, if you spend any time in that radiation, you'll die. Any man would. And the doctor says, any man, perhaps. I'm like, doctor confirmed as non-binary icon. (laughs) (laughs) It'll take a couple regenerations, but non-binary icon confirmed. (laughs) (laughs) I guess progress is being made here. I guess. I don't know. But Joe and the group are going down the halls, and they find, like, this tunnel they can go up. And Joe looks up the tunnel and sees one of Varan's soldiers looking down at her. And she, like, screams, and the other's like, go and look. What, what, what? And he's gone. And 
she says, I did see something. I swear I did. He was right there. And they do believe her. Granted, it's just weird that we're still using that. Mm-hmm. Why have her see anything at all? I feel like when they get ambushed and captured, it would make more sense if they weren't on guard. Mm-hmm. Why make her see something and then it's gone and then her go, I saw something, I swear. And then they just b- believe her. I don't... And get ambushed anyway? Like Yeah, like... They, they didn't blame it on her womanly wiles. I'll give them that. I guess that's progress. <laughs> yeah. I tuned out for most of this episode. It really is just them wandering around the caves and talking until some of them decide to go back to Skybase. Then they get to Skybase, and then it, and then there's fighting, and then the Marshal executes Baron. I, I will say something that really annoys me about Professor Zondegard. There's at least three, possibly four different instances over the course of the rest of this story in which he just, like, collapses because of the radiation or because of the atmosphere or whatever. And, like, he's definitely dead, but then he just kind of gets up and is up and walking around later. Like, at least three separate occasions, I'm like, okay, is he dead now? It feels like he should be dead now. (laughs) It's the power of plot armor, Mac. I guess. <laughs> because if it wasn't alive for the last half of episode six, how does the end of the episode happen? How does any of it happen? I don't know. The rest of this story is so stupid. I'm sure they could come up with an equally stupid way to conclude it. <laughs> Literally anything. The, the time will just send him another box. <laughs> I was like, oh, did you, did you lose that one here? Here's another box for you. <laughs> I do appreciate that the, at least the ending of this episode, specifically this part, it definitely feels like several different types of shit hitting the fan at the same time. Mm-hmm. They get ambushed, a hole is blown in the side of the ship, and Varan goes goes out into space, and also the missiles are striking down onto the planet's surface, and the Doctor and Sondergaard are getting caught in the explosions. Like, this feels like sufficiently climactic we still have two more episodes to go <laughs> two episodes yeah my god hey anyway know. episode five can you tell we're exhausted i'm exhausted just thinking about these episodes again i think i might lower it even more in my rankings <laughs> <laughs> all right episode five uh Stubbs was killed in the fight and joe kai and cotton are arrested by the marshal and face execution the Doctor and Sondergaard try to get back to Skybase, but Sondergaard is too weak and insists the Doctor goes without him. When the Doctor does arrive, the Marshal threatens his friends and forces the Doctor to comply and help Jaeger fix the ionization issue before an Earthen investigator arrives. Little does he know that Joe, Cotton, and Kai are held hostage in a chamber that will be flooded with radioactivity when the investigator's ship refuels. Again, I always feel like the, the recap should be longer. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like... like Anything beyond this is just adding too much detail. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's totally fair. I'm not I'm not saying they're too short. I'm saying it feels like they should be longer, <laughs> but they shouldn't be. <laughs> but no, this is what no, happens no. in the episode. This is, this is good. The Doctor and Sondergaard are on the planet's surface, and they're being bombarded by missiles. And these are just like <laughs> the most piddly little firecracker explosions I've ever seen in my life. It's like for missile strikes, this actually isn't that bad. <laughs> and and Jaeger is wondering why it's not working. Uh, uh, well, wonders never cease. 
I don't know, I shot a Roman candle at this planet from fucking space and nothing's happening. Um, and then we cut up to the uh, sky base and there's a huge hole in the in the side of the station and everything's being sucked out and oh my god, the camera's at a tilt and oh my god, it's so dramatic. Thank god we have these handrails that will allow us to gently walk along to get out of the room. Otherwise, we would have been sucked into the vacuum of space. Otherwise, this might have been like a really dangerous cliffhanger. <laughs> oh my god, that was almost really dangerous, guys. <laughs> but sadly, I salute you, Stubbs. I mean, he takes him a minute. This is the part where he dies, isn't it? Uh, yeah, this is, the, this is the episode where he dies, but we haven't gotten there yet. Oh. You remember, you, I, I wrote all this like five days after I that, fucking watched it. That's so. fair. But I do like how they get out of the room and then Marshall immediately captures all of them. And he just like goes down the line and is like, I'm going to accuse you of these crimes. I'm going to accuse you of these crimes. Treason, assaulting a superior officer, blah, blah, blah. He's just like going down the line. He gets to Joe and he's just like, because I said so. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like your face. Which is an absolute crime, because Katie Maroning is, is a very pretty lady. Okay, so, this part made me laugh. The doctor is trying to run to the uh, teleportation center to get back back up to Sky Base. Because of the missile bombardment, it's a lot foggier now, I guess. And um, mm-hmm. there are armed guards out searching for him. And, uh... The doctor sees a guard in the distance. It's a little foggy, but, like, you can see him. The doctor runs straight at this man who has a gun on him. And the guy just does nothing. Like, he has a gun <laughs> pointed at the doctor and just just stands there long enough for the doctor to come right up on him and then, like, flip him around. I'm like, did your trigger not work? Shoot him! You were told to shoot him on sight. <laughs> now listen, if this were an American guard, <laughs> Doctor wouldn't have stood a chance. Nothing in sight would have stood a chance. Well, okay, I no this this doesn't excuse it, but kind of in their defense, they were actually ordered to take him up to Skybase. But what doesn't make sense is that he is clearly running towards the teleporter to take him up to Skybase, and now they start shooting at him. I'm like, guys, he's going exactly where you want him to go. Don't shoot him and then prevent him to, from going where you want him to go. Maybe they were Americans. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then Joe's group does the sick man routine with Joe, and... Um, she manages to get a gun and free uh, the rest of her group. And then, again, I will remind you, they have one gun. Joe gives it to Stubbs. And then several guards come into the room as backup. And Stubbs points the gun at them and says, Stay back, lads. I don't want to have to shoot unless I have to. And then they all, like, back up out of the room. And I'm like, oh, no. He has a gun. We three men, all of whom also have guns, are completely <laughs> powerless against him. <laughs> now, granted, if I were a guard and someone pointed a gun at me, 
I would also be like, nah, fuck it. I'm not paid enough to get killed. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead. Inside me are two wolves. One says, I don't fucking get paid enough to get killed. And then the other says, just fucking shoot me. I don't get paid <laughs> enough to be alive. <laughs> okay, okay. This, this also bugged me. This really, really bugged me. We go down to Sondegard, who has gone back into the caves and is now surrounded by mutants. And... Uh, he's like communicating with them. He's like, "You remember me? I'm Sondergard. I've helped you. You have to understand. This is a this is a meta- natural metamorphosis. You're not you're not mutating." And one of them then says, "Sick." And he says, "No, it's not sick. It's a natural evolution." And I'm over here like, "The mutants can talk? How long <laughs> have they been able to talk?" <laughs> I feel like so many problems could have been solved if they had talked before now. <laughs> um, so, yes. So, it's important to emphasize. Them turning into ant monsters is a natural evolution. Ergo, the overlords did nothing wrong. Turning them into an ant creature is a natural evolution, but the the experiments of the atmosphere, like, prematurely sped it along, I think was their, was their thing. Like... Yes, they were eventually supposed to turn into these, but not for a while. And then the guards remember, oh yeah, we have guns! And then they shoot Stubbs. I salute you, Stubbs. And then Cotton comes over and just like, is like, Stubbsy, Stubbsy, you're gonna be okay, man, you're gonna be fine! And just like cradles him in his arms in a very heterosexual way. I have never seen... Two straighter men in my life. <laughs> Just kiss. Just do it. Just fucking do it. He's dying. When will be your next chance? <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't the doctor just kind of like go to the lab and then just fix the the things that the missiles just did? Yeah. Yeah. He just goes and beep boops and oh, I fucking reverse the atmospheric pressure. Yep. <laughs> And now it's all fine, and I'm like, wow, almost like we could have just not had the missile bombardment at all. <laughs> Imagine that. I mean, wow, how incredible. We could have just trimmed it down to, I don't know, maybe four episodes. Hmm, there's an idea. <laughs> okay, let's see this shit ramp up. Let's go to episode six. Oh my god, this, this fucking episode. The, so much happens in the worst way possible. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, the investigator arrives and gives the worst trial ever. Even though everyone says the marshal's terrible, he just kind of lets him get away with it because there isn't any proof. Sundergaard tries to corroborate the doctor's claim, and a mutt shows up and throws the proceedings into chaos. The marshal guns down the mutt, and the investigator reinstates his command. The Doctor and Sondergaard realize that the Green Rock will accelerate Salonian's, the Salonian evolution cycle. Pokemon style. Kai turns into... Jesus? And <laughs> kills everyone. <laughs> everyone has a good laugh about how much paperwork the Doctor will need to fill out, but he and Joe have already fucked off to the TARDIS. It's true, though! Oh my god! <laughs> God damn it. It's so stupid. And it, it is straight up a Pokemon, right? It is an evolution stone. And they put on Kai and he just fucking turns into Jesus. I actually have that exact note. 
I mean, he's got the long robes. He does like the arms out thing and fucking glides around, and people just die looking at him. Oh god, damn it! It's so fucking dumb. Okay. Um. Anyway. Uh. Back to back to the beginning. Sorry. Um. God damn it. All right. Um. So the um. The ambassadors arrive, or the investigator investigators arrive and i see them and i'm like oh please don't wear those hats oh god damn it please don't wear those hats because it's like a dumb like rhinestone bald cap (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like please don't please don't wear this the entire time and then this investigator is like very serious crimes are being laid at your feet marshal the marshal's rebuttal Basically comes down to, oh, all colony commanders are accused of such crimes. That's why you should let me keep getting away with them. Yep. <laughs> Just... And I'm like, bold strategy, Con. Let's save it pays off for him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, you have been charged with, you have been charged with first degree murder. How do you plead? Oh, people murder each other all the time. And has it ever been a big deal? Why is it a big deal now? So, anyways, they have this kind of sham trial where they're like. Uh, yeah, the ambassador was assassinated. The marshal is the one that uh, co- or planned it. Uh, all these Solonians are dead. All these fucking employees of Skybase are dead. The marshal's kind of a dickhead. And the investigator's like, yeah, but there's no proof that he meant to do all that. Other than, you know, the dozens of eyewitnesses that we have. Yeah, he's like, there's no proof. I was like, but everyone is saying it. So do, do witnesses not count? And then even if even if they didn't, is gross negligence not a crime? Yeah, I also love at the beginning of this stupid trial, Joe and Cotton and Kai are being held captive, specifically so that the doctor will go along with the marshal's claims. And I just love that um, the investigator like asks the doctor a direct question about whether the marshal's uh, behavior was justified. And then... The doctor slowly turns uh, turns to look at Marshall, who is giving him the most I'll fucking kill your friends if you don't agree with me look I've ever seen in my life. And then the doctor, like, hesitant, hesitates before saying anything. And then he agrees that the Marshall was in the right. And the investigator's like, well, good enough for me. <laughs> good enough for me. Let's sign off for lunch, shall we? I don't need to read into any of that subtext. <laughs> He's on par with the judge from Ace Attorney, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, and so one mute, one mutant comes up, and he's immediately gunned down, and Marshall says, you see what I have to put up with? And uh, the investigator is like, hmm, yes, I see your point now. And Marshall says, you need to put me back in charge of Skybase and also give your men, the men you brought with you under my command. And he's like, hmm, yes, agreed. I'm like, what? Why did you do that? Why why did you agree to give your guard under his command? I don't... Why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense. Also, I need to be president of Earth. Okay. Then the doctor is, uh, goes back to the lab to do science shit. And Joe like locks the door behind them. And there's just like sounds of a bunch of shooting outside. And I'm like, one mutant came up to Skybase. Who are you shooting at? <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> yeah, and then my next note is literally, what? 
Kai is evolving. Bum, 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 And then I say, congratulations, your Kai evolved into a David Bowie cover band artist. Oh, God. He's also, like, rainbow color. He's like a kaleidoscope. He's rainbow Jesus. It's so weird. And then he's just, I have to go now. My planet needs me. <laughs> and then just like fades through the wall. <laughs> and it's just fucking deleting people along the way. <laughs> oh my god, what the fuck? It goes so off the rails so suddenly. I had to back up. I thought I missed something. <laughs> well, I mean, I was playing a game. I was playing this like house flipper game. Uh, so I'm like painting the walls of my fake house. I look down and Kai's like floating across the screen. And it looks rainbow. I'm like... What the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah, because, like, the stone that they found, like, hurried Kai's evolution. Because apparently, when the humans adjust the atmosphere, that hurried evolution is bad. But when you give but when you give uh, Kai a firestone, that rushed evolution is good. And um, he, like, rushed through the insect phase to become Kaleidoscope Moses... And uh, then just, I want to say flies down the corridor. That doesn't do it justice. No. It's clearly the man just T-posing dominance in front of a green screen. And then they just kind of like have him floating through the corridors. Yeah, it's, it's something. My God. And then after he leaves, Joe Sondergaard and Cotton are escaping from where they're being held captive and they have to like go up this short little ladder to get out and uh Sondergaard says out quickly help Miss Grant and like Cotton like helps her get out I'm like pretty sure Miss Grant is perfectly capable of climbing up a fucking ladder let's let's just say get out we don't yeah <laughs> she's fine you're good and then the marshal like has his gun drawn on the investigator and the doctor and is ready to fire. And then Rainbow Jesus appears and says, Marshal, you shall now die for your for your crimes against my people. And just vaporizes him by like holding up that stone. And then he just disappears. And I'm like, oh, that was easy. Turns out all we needed to defeat the marshal was a rainbow-draped god being to vaporize him by pointing a rock at him. Seems obvious in retrospect. <laughs> really, we should have done it sooner. <sighs> Would this be, like, an actual deus ex machina? Because Kai's basically god at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, he's basically a god. I think this is textbook deus ex machina. I guess not, technically, because they do reference the stone earlier. Just not what it does or what they'll turn into. Yeah, they referenced the stone earlier and the evolution, but like we are not led to believe that this season has any sort of form past the bug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, if it was that important, why didn't the Time Lords have that in the package and then need Kai to open it? Because Kai could have been Jesus episode one. <laughs> yeah. Neo could have learned to fly within the first five minutes of the Matrix. I don't understand <laughs> what the problem is. And then, uh, yeah, they're like, Doctor, we'll need you to stay to give your testimony back on Earth. And 
Noctur's like, oh, yes, anyway, uh, we're going to go check on something real quick. And then they go off to the TARDIS. And then the investigator says, Doctor, who was it? And I'm like, hey, said it. We can all go home. All right, we can leave now. <laughs> and uh, then they go outside the broom closet that the TARDIS landed in. And the doctor says, ah, here we are. And Joe says, where? I'm like, where the fuck do you think, you dumb bit? We're at the TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ah! <laughs> and then the episode's done and i'm done talking about it and now the episode of the podcast is over <laughs> do you have some trivia lay it on me yes uh so based on apartheid very very loosely based on apartheid joe was the only female character to appear in this story the basis of this story had originally actually been pitched by barry letts back in season four so this was actually meant to be a first Doctor episode, I think. And so maybe they didn't do it that early because it's like, we just had the Savages, dude. Too soon. Oh, you're going to love this one. Okay, so the derogatory term they use for the mutants was mutt, right? However, in the first draft of the script, it was not mutt. It was munt. Because that was an actual derogatory term used by white settlers to refer to the natives of South Africa. And was also a portmanteau of mutant native. But they decided to change it because it sounded too much like cunt. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, both of those words should have been in this episode. (laughs) While filming at the quarry, I'm assuming like one there on the surface of Solus. Uh, Katie Manning twisted the exact same ankle that she injured during her filming of Terror of the Autons. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and that's it for trivia. Boy, howdy. Final thoughts? I'm not going to lie. When we first got this episode, I was like, eh, it's mid. I don't really love it. I don't really hate it. Uh, after talking about it, I really don't like it. <laughs> yeah, no, exact same thing happened to me. I was like, yeah, this is like mid, upper mid story it's fine it is now on my bottom five (laughs) (laughs) uh there's just so much about the episode it's just so stupid so so stupid everything revolving around the package doesn't make any sense do we even need to bring up the star man waiting in the sky (laughs) again i feel like we don't (laughs) i I feel like maybe you got the point Yeah, I think the story would have been more interesting if they had leaned more into the apartheid thing rather than yeah the weird mutation thing. I think the two things in this episode's favor are Stubbs and Cotton. Yes. Uh, and I do like how tight the cast is. That's true. Yeah. I don't feel like it's overly bloated. Or like, there's a bunch of characters who say things, and like, I don't fucking care who they are because they die later. All the primary characters are there, and there's also enough like extras to like, make it not feel empty. Yeah. So, ideal amount of characters, I fucking don't like most of them, and they don't do anything, but... I'll say that early on, this this story had a couple of moments that kind of got my hopes up, but it very quickly devolved into a, a slog and a bit of a hot potato script. Yeah, the first two episodes were fine, Solid, and then it yeah. just kind of fell apart from there, yeah. so... And it just really just felt like everybody was just going up and down that space elevator it's like we're on the we're on the surface of solos now now we're in sky base now we're in the caves now we're in sky base boy i hope that i hope there's a fucking maintenance team on that elevator (laughs) it's getting a lot of use like i know it's a teleportation but still 
But still, damn. And it needs a maintenance team. But yeah, it is now in my bottom five. It's at my number five spot because I don't think it was worse than Colony in Space. I'd say it's on par with Colony in Space, honestly. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. Like, it has a lot of similarities to Colony in Space. There's occupiers of a planet and a trial and yeah 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 that's it really but (laughs) absolutely now the mutants did have the absolutely fucking bizarre kai evolving into rainbow jesus part (laughs) but colony in space had the well now that we've successfully slaughtered all the natives our colony will thrive again the kind of message yeah (laughs) i'm going to say the mutants is slightly above colony in space but not by a lot. It certainly doesn't have a pro-genocide message. Uh, yeah, yeah. The people who are definitely the bad guys got their comeuppance in this episode. I cannot mm. say the same about Colony in Space. <laughs> <laughs> and for, the, for those playing at home, my bottom five right now is Mutants, Colony in Space, Inferno, Mind of Evil, and Claws of Axos. By the way, I was just watching some other videos. Inferno, beloved classic. Mm. Beloved, no fucking way. There is no way. Uh, It's so dumb. Uh, Yeah. Anyway. That's it for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want to support us, the best thing you can do is give us five stars and tell your friends about us. And you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, all the major podcast uh, things. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram at QuickTripDW. No, at QuickTripPodcast. I fucking get it wrong <laughs> every time. At QuickTripPodcast. You can also check out Mac's YouTube channel, Mac the Ma, where they do insightful videos about video games. And join us next time on a quick trip through space and time in which we return to Atlantis in the Time Monster. Oh, God. <laughs>